And welcome back to the Part-Time Otaku Podcast. My name is Grant. My name is Dave. And after a short break, we are back. Uh, we are once again returning to our weekly coverage uh, of anime. And this week and for the, the coming weeks, we are covering Demon Slayer Season 2. This week specifically, Episode 8, the beginning of the Entertainment District arc. We um, back. We back. We uh, What a feeling, Dave, it is to be here again. Post shows are a blast, but this is the bread and butter of the show right here. It feels so good. It's so good. <laughs> um, but uh, so no, we have no fan art this week. Um, we are very, very busy, uh, and we'll I think we'll just be using key art. So thank you to the showrunners of Demon Slayer for that and everything uh, else. And everything else. Again, uh, we'll, we'll get we'll get into that in just a moment. So I guess up top we'll just hit it with a quick little synopsis of the episode, and uh, we'll jump right back into the plot and the breakdowns of uh, of the episode. Sweet. Uh, after the Mugen Train incident, Akaza visits Muzan Kibitsuji. Guided by a crow, Tanjiro heads off to the Rengoku residence to convey Kyojiro's last messages to his father and little brother. Finally, Tanjiro's group return to the Butterfly Mansion, and comedy ensues. <laughs> yes, indeed. Comedy ensues. Oh, man. We're back. Damn it. It's been we so are... long. I know. I was giddy. I was... <laughs> I almost couldn't enjoy the episode because I was just so excited to be here, you know? Yeah. And and they do a really good job, like... I mean, the first five minutes of this episode is basically recapping the ending of the movie, but... But, like, the really potent stuff. Yeah, the important stuff. It's funny, too, because, you know, like, we're hitting with this up top, but it kind of swoops right into the plot is... You know, you and I have had complaints, you know, over the year in various shows and movies we've watched is like the recaps can just be like over the head, like oh, just not, yeah. not good a lot of the time. My hero is, is bad for that. Well, yeah, my hero takes it to a whole new level, but even, you know, even to a certain extent, like, you know, uh, like even to your eternity at some points, like the yep. recaps was just like, it was like loaded in, loaded in, loaded in. This was a finely tuned, edited five minutes of like the key emotional moments that yeah. You know, of what from Mugen Train, obviously, like the ending of that, which effectively leads into where we are now. It was a very, very slick opening. And like, even though it's stuff we've already seen, you know, it felt fresh. Well, it's very effective because I have to assume that a lot of people are doing what we did, which is to say, or maybe not you as well, but like I have to assume a lot of people didn't even bother watching the episodic version of the movie. Sure. And they probably are just like, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. I'll come in for the new arc. So it's like, you know, here's what you need to know. Here's a quick reminder. Here's where we left things. And it's also technically a completely new arc. And for new people, for many people, probably in a new season entirely. So it's like, okay, it, it makes sense that they did it this way. And like you said, it was it was slick. It was very effective. Um, man, this show is so gorgeous. <laughs> yes. And, and you know what? That, that was another thing I wanted to ask you. Because, you know, I think you and I had talked during, I think when we did the original Mugen Train movie review, you know, I think one of our worries was, is the show just going to be like a, like a lesser version of this, like going forward? Like, is yeah. this just going to be, you know, like balls to the walls, budget, you know, movie, mm-hmm. like theater, you know, theater situation. They clearly have not, like, that is not the case. Like, they are yeah. dialing in every, you know, every moment of this episode is just stunning to look at. It's, it's, it's such a treat, you know? It's because like, it's... Cause it's- you know, Demon Slayer is different in a lot of ways, and, and we are eventually going to get to the episode. Um, but it's different in a lot of it's ways. It's been a minute. Let us go, yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's different because you have a lot of um, animes out there, you know, Dragon Ball Z, My Hero Academia, that have movies um, in between seasons that are canonical, are not canonical, usually the latter. 
Um, and obviously there's like a major difference in quality and animation between movies and, and shows. Demon Slayer, you know, is an exception in a lot of ways. Uh, the fact that they did a movie between two seasons, the fact that movie was canon. And I think playing off what you just said, Grant, the fact that that movie's animation was obviously great, but it doesn't feel like out of place in between mm. these two seasons. It's like, mm-hmm. it's better, sure. Like there are some really beautiful moments, but like it's always the same show. It always has the same look and feel, which is to say it's always gorgeous. Um, so yeah, like everything, you know, season one bled into the movie, which bled into season two uh, or the opening of this new arc. Everything feels really, really natural, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. 100%. This, and and yeah. this episode is just like a, it's like a freight train. Like it just moves from scene hmm. to scene to scene. Or a Mugen train. A Mugen <laughs> train. And you know what? Like to its detriment in points, I do think there's a lot of like very, you know, I think this episode has the burden of trying to balance everything that happened in the movie Mm-hmm. You know, and leading up to it, like, the, you know, this big highlight stuff and then also, like, continue to move forward. You know, it's it, it has a lot, yeah. a lot to do. Um, it definitely has clumsy moments. It's not, like, a perfect episode by nope. any means. But it, it completed its job. Like, it's, it's back. Totally. It, it, you know, it is, you know, kick the door open for, you know, I guess, you know, the, the new stuff of season yeah. two, you know, stuff we've seen. But well, you can tell, yeah. like, they had very specific goals with this opener which is probably why they made it 50 minutes which was a great call yeah because i think if you did two week to week episodes of this it would be a little bit frustrating people would be too like thin. it would have been too it'd thin. Be like, yeah come on let's get going so you could tell they would this would struggle badly with pacing if this was two separate episodes this was a really really good call to to roll it all into one um so before we go beat by beat maybe just like as a whole how did you feel about the opener how did you feel about the whole thing it was great it yeah. was awesome. You know, it's, you know, it, it didn't do that typical season two thing where it has to, you know, we did not have to recap. We didn't have to recap. We don't like, they didn't do the whole thing of like, oh, this is when I met Zenitsu or, you know, Inosuke, like all this yeah. and that. It just, it kind of just rolled into it. Yeah. And it kind of just treats like the fans with a little bit of respect of like, yeah, you guys love the show. You know who these people are. Everyone's let's get been, moving. Let's get moving. You know, let's mm-hmm. tell this story. And you know it's funny it's something we'll get into the post show later but it's nice to not see any filler like anywhere in sight for mm-hmm. the show mm-hmm. it's just it's focusing on the story and yeah i think again i think this episode is a huge success and i loved it for that because you know we got all this fresh new stuff while also kind of like in their own way kind of reminding us who they are like we get their character beats and this and that you know like it's it's demon slayer man it's awesome fucking like, demon slayer man <laughs> yeah all right um okay First beat of the story, we're diving in. We recap for a few minutes, and then uh, after the opening theme, I don't know if that'll be like the opener for every single time. I'm not too sure. Um, or if, I don't know. I think we're just going to have to see you next week. But after all of that, we go to uh, this new family that we don't know who are talking about um, their newly adopted son. Mm. Um, and then like this whole beat with uh, you know the audience realizing that's Muzan. Akaza visits him. He's accosted by Muzan and scolded by him. And there's this whole really great scene uh, scene between the two of them. I think you know and, best, and there's lots this of stuff is, in this there. Is the, this is the best part of the episode. Best opinion. part of the episode. Uh, agreed. And yeah. also sneakily, tell me if I'm crazy. Is the voice actor for Muzan maybe the best in the whole show? It's pretty good. Like, he is incredible. So this is, you know, guys, like we're, we're going to take a few minutes on this because I've been, this is the scene I've, I've rewatched a few times oh already. God. You know, they did, they did a really good bait and switch where, you know, because that's the thing. Like, we don't, you know, obviously we're not manga readers for the show. We should hit that up on the top of the show. But mm-hmm. if it's your first time listening, everyone. Um, 
you know, it, it kind of opens up to like to the child, this child walking down the street, and people look worried. And I was like, oh, is this is this what they're teeing up? Is going to be the theme of the entertainment district? Mm-hmm. Like, is this kid going to be like the first casualty of something going on, or the cause of all you know the mishap and all that? Mm-hmm. And I and it was just one of those things where you're kind of following along, following along, and then you just see a causa in Ugh, the window. That was and so you're like, good. And you're just like, oh fuck, Muzan could be whoever he wants, and yeah. it just clicked, and it was like an aha moment, and I was like. He might be one of the best villains I've ever seen in a show. I, I actually thought about it. I was like, who, you know, like, well, I, I always forget his name, but in Jujutsu Kaisen, the, uh, the patchwork guy. Oh, yeah, I forget his name, too. He, you know, He's he, good. Had, he had a really good presence, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's not that anime has, like, villain problems, but it's very rare you get a character who truly, or a villain that truly like puts fear you're like oh this is kind of could... frightening yeah you know like he's power overwhelming like we, we don't even understand his power level you know like it's i think one of the big tropes that you would probably agree with that we see in a lot of anime is the big 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 bad is usually intentionally shrouded in almost too much mystery because they want to build your anticipation right yes um so then when the reveal comes you know he's that much scarier you've been waiting you know you only get glimpses they do that really effectively with muzan like Mm. you know he's probably only in four or five maybe six episodes in the whole series so far but i think that they've used him really really perfectly i think like in the fullness of time we'll see if he's one of the best villains ever because like he has to keep up this level of being terrifying Mm. all the way to the end um and i think that's incredibly tough but man like every time we get a little bit of him i'm terrified like (laughs) watching him dismantle the lower six at the end of season one yeah i was just gonna bring that up shivers and and i think um and this is like also a bit of a trope or or a bit something that i think you see in a lot of shows and anime is like you take the big bad who seems almost unbeatable in this case it's akaza because you're coming off the movie and then you put him in front of someone else who makes him look like he's run-of-the-mill nothing special mm. and that's what happened between the power dynamic it really shifted between akaza and muzan and it really sort of humanized akaza and made him look small yes. but like the audience knows that akaza like maybe just took out the most powerful hashira we don't really know how the power scales work but like we watched just one of the best shonen battles in recent years yeah you know, like if you know anyone that was watching you know like week to week you know of season two they really saw just like how that like that fight mm-hmm. is insane like for the people that's fresh in their memory you know, oh, that was yeah. the nice thing about the first five minutes just goes to show like how insane that fight was and to see him muted like he's not even mm-hmm. like the nice thing about it is Akaza, even though like he's clearly like, he knows his place, he's not like whimpering away. Like he's not shying away like some of the like the lower six were yeah. in, in, in that scene from season one. You know what that makes me think of though? It's that he's used to it because he's probably been abused for so long. <laughs> for sure, one hundred percent. Like they're all the you know the great thing about this show is all the villains are tragic in their own way, and we do get yeah. moments. You know, and Tanjiro's you know uh, a catalyst mm. for that for showing time. you know, and you know, but when Akaza lights him up. And like Skolton, like that's like tamely putting it. Oh, when Muzan of, scolds Kaza? Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. when Muzan scolds Akaza. That is some of the most like intense, like and, and that's the thing too, like Akaza makes the point of and he wasn't trying to be prideful. He was just like I feel like he's you know, he just thought he was trying to save not even save his ass, he just says like, Don't worry, I killed a Hashira. Yeah. And when Muzan just like clicks on like how pissed he is, I was like, <laughs> Wow. Like he is yeah. one boss I don't want to trifle with. <laughs> You know, it, like it, it takes everything to a new level too, because well, not a new level, but it were reminded that 
Muzan has literal full control over demons, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we there's it's that. It's his cells, right? Yeah. So, you know, that like that curse that got triggered back in season one where the girl accidentally said his name mm-hmm. and then she gets self-exploded. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, when he dismantles the lower six, we realize he can read their thoughts. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, he can do... Every, and so you that's what you see what happened to Akaza. he gets sort of frozen his his the veins and his skin start like just swelling bleeding. he's just yeah. bleeding out of his mouth you could tell he's in like crazy pain it's like jesus christ these people are his hostages as much as anything else and the thing that sticks out to me you know kind of like just wrapping up this little section here is mm-hmm. when muzan lets him go you know you know kind of mm-hmm. repels the attack Akaza, you know he gets up he leaves and you see this in a lot of tropes of like, oh, that fucking guy. Like, I'm going to be the boss one day. I'm going to get... It's not... It's There's not even an ill will thought towards Muzan. It's just... It's routine. Tanjiro. Yeah. It's like Tanjiro. It's like, it's forward. It's moving forward. It's not like he took it on the chin. And it kind of like goes to show like there's a reason these guys are kind of in like the upper six. And just mm-hmm. the way he says like, I'm so disappointed in you upper three. <laughs> how, fall, like, how far are you fallen to? Yeah. It's like, Ooh. Yeah. Stings. Yeah. Cosmos is um, boy. You know, it's... Two okay. Two more observations. First, a quick small one. Um, Muzan being in this form, did it remind you instantly of Pride from Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood? Or Full I hadn't Metal thought Brotherhood? of it until you said that. But yeah. wow, yeah. But he's the little boy, the adopted mm-hmm. boy. Like you know, I don't think uh, his adopted father is also going to be a demon. Um, sure. Unlike in uh, Full Metal, but still, so that there's that. Um, just an observation and then second which is probably more important and has to do with the lore of the show the blue summer lily mm. was, is this the first time we heard this i believe so in the anime i believe is the first time mm. um i noticed that the graphic that they used if you remember back in season one and this is a weird pull but at the end of every episode there's like be, that the red lily the red lily yeah mm-hmm. and they use the, like basically the same graphic but turn the lily blue Hmm. Um, and you know, Akaza said he couldn't even confirm its existence. Hmm. So it sounds like Muzan's kind of tugging, pulling out a thread here. He might be reaching a bit, but is it safe to assume that he's trying to cure his daywalking ineptitude? Like, what else I could get, that be for? I would assume because hmm. you know, like, I think his whole—it's hard to say his mo because you know he he does kind of toe that line of you know like mystery and, and all that, but it's he truly wants the confidence to walk among everyone, right? Like, he truly sees himself above mm-hmm. the rest, you know? Also, again, we're jumping back to the scene. When he's talking about it, he's like, yeah, big deal, you killed a Hashir. Like, that's your fucking job. Like, you're a demon, demon beating a human is a foregone conclusion. Is yeah. what that's fucking Un- real. Unreal. This is why it's the best scene in the whole episode. Like, it's the way... Just the way <laughs> and he doesn't move. He just stands there. He stands still the whole time. No action. Like, it's crazy how in a non-action scene just can be so intense. And, oh, it, tremendous. It's crazy how I just want to lead a cult after this episode. Like, <laughs> I just want my own cult briefly. Like, just a, not even, like, a big one. Like, a small one. Let me lead, like, one small Scientology church. Love it. Uh, is he serious? Is he not? I don't know. Anyway. Um, we'll see you next week. Yeah, tune in next week to find out. Um, okay. Oh, and wait, there's one other thing. Um, as you mentioned, as you, as you were getting to, Akaza walking away, first thought is Tanjiro. So we, we do get like a flashback to see what mm-hmm. happened immediately after the movie from Akaza's POV. And yeah, he, he dummies that sword. So yeah, a million pieces. Yeah. He's, he seems upset about it. 
it was cool though i liked that uh it, it, again i muzan knows everything because he actually says to akaza you actually took a blow from someone who wasn't a hashira yeah how did you know that motherfucker because he's well, everywhere he can, well if he's reading their thoughts like mm-hmm. the assumption is he can probably you know follow them see what they're seeing at all times you know it's he's just all encompassing that's the vibe i'm no getting. thought like, crime the things like every time you see muzan it just he becomes scarier and scarier mm-hmm. you know it just it shows just how much reach he truly has yeah you know but um and then and then you think back to like when tanjiro ran into him in the street in season <sighs> one and just how like fucking out of touch tanjiro really like <laughs> you know it's, he doesn't know right like, he doesn't know, but that's the thing yeah. like but we now we know and like looking back it's be like <gasps> oh best boy actually no. <laughs> there's there there is another thing that really makes me some dots are getting connected and, and we're going to get there. But but first, uh, let's just keep chugging along with the episode here. Yes, 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 um, yes. So finally, after that scene, we get back to get back to the trio. And it's sort of Zenitsu kind of lamenting about how sad Tanjiro is. Mm. This like halts the pace of the episode, but I think it's very like necessary, right? I had to break that up. That was a lot. That was a lot. But yeah. also like... One of the best qualities, I think, about Tanjiro, and you sort of hinted at it earlier, is, like, how, like, kind of sweet he is. Mm. Like, how he manages to sort of, like, I don't know how you would say, gracefully put these demons to rest sometimes. He kind of comforts them. Compassionately. Yeah, he's a really compassionate person and, you know, like, often has, like, seemingly endless positivity. I think it was important that, like, the show takes a beat to be like, all right, he is human, though, and his friend just died. Yes. And he, it's impacting him. He's not his usual self. It doesn't last long, but I think it's important that the show is like, okay, like he's having a rough go right now. He is the opposite of what Muzan was just putting on, you know? Yeah. He's, yeah, the antithesis of each other, yeah. And Zenitsu, what it, like, what a, it's, you know, it, it's funny because they really blend like a genuine sweet moment with the comedy of like Zenitsu stealing like the bean buns. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, and him, like, he gets a bloody trying, nose. He's kind of funny, but he's he's trying to cheer up his friend, you know, and the, like he doesn't. The only way he knows how is just to, you know, try and recreate what Tandro might do, kind of thing, which is which is kind of nice to see. But it's you know it's good to see the other colors of these characters. You know, like Zenitsu is not just like you know always screaming. You know, we get lots of that this episode, and you know Inosuke too. But you can see like they are they're archetype characters to a certain extent, but they there is so much more to them. And they take little moments to do that and show that this episode. And that's, you know, that's all you can, that's, you can't ask for much more in a second season is to see little progress along the way, you know, just like little, little moments. And you see, and right off the bat, you get that after all the moves on stuff, you get Zenitsu, like being a goof, but also trying to do something for his friend. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of like really caring uh, character and he's evolving in his own way. And he does, he Mm -hmm. continues to later on in the episode. Um, Tanjiro still has a stomach wound because again, not much time has passed. And, you know, he's supposed to be resting, but they say he's been training. But then we cut to him, and he's following the crow. And I'm so glad we get right into this, man. Like, I did mm-hmm. not want to, like, be in, like, I don't know, six episodes, six episodes into the yeah. new arc before we get to have this conversation. So we go to the Rengoku residence. We meet the brother. Is it Senjiro? Senjiro, yeah. Senjiro. Um, and it's just, like, quick pace. It's, like, boom, boom, boom. Like, we meet the brother. Sorry for your loss. We meet the dad. I don't think we had actually seen the father, like, in the movie. We saw, like, the back of his head and heard his voice. There were scenes of... I think I believe there was scenes of him, like, like full-on face. Rengoku. 
maybe not face, but definitely behind shots. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. I think the voice actor was involved in the movie for sure. It, no, he definitely was. I just don't yeah. think we got like a full body and face shot, like mm. front frontal. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so we get that right away, and it's like the show is like you want to know, you want to know about the lore, right? So the feel first like shit for ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> He, I'm not going to go into, like, line by line. We we can break that scene down, but, like, he braids the hell out of Senjuro and Tanjiro. He more or less, like, spits on his son's grave, saying, like, why mm. wouldn't he die? He's a regular, talentless person, and very few people have real talent. But the part that I think perks up a lot of people's ears is he starts attacking Tanjiro about his earrings. Mm. Um, and we know these are important because Muzan has focused on them before. Um, and we know they've been passed down by Tendro's father. And then he says, like, the magic word, which we haven't heard up to this point. He says, oh, those te- those earrings are marking of the sun-breathing technique. And then he angrily exposits <laughs> yeah. uh, and just sort of talks about, you know, all of the breathing techniques stem from sun-breathing. It's the OG. It's the original. So that's, like, a major lore bomb. Major lore bomb. <laughs> and, you but know. also very clumsy. Ahead oddly this, clumsy this scene, this scene simultaneously really worked in moments and also really didn't like the yeah. you know we i think it's is it sinjiro but and it's essentially rengoku senior mm-hmm. um he it was like i don't know if they were trying to go for like a like he was drunk yeah and and it was, it was kind of hard to tell by the voice acting it just seemed very angry the whole time it didn't mm-hmm. i didn't get like the drunk vibe like obviously the body movements kind of gave you that but like i said like the way he just blurred out the sun breathing thing, I know he noticed by, I think after the initial mention of the sun breathing, it kind of faltered off a little bit, mm-hmm. but then it whips back and gets, starts making more sense. We start, you know, like you had mentioned how everything stems from it, mm-hmm. you know, and everything else is just a more or less a copy of it or, you know, a, a lesser mm-hmm. variation. So like I said, it, it worked, but it didn't, you know, mainly, I think this is like the weakest part of the episode, funny enough, even though it is such a lore bomb for me, it just... There's just something about it that didn't land in in certain moments. No, you're you're totally right. Like I'm I'm incredibly excited to have information because um, this also explains Muzan's particular distaste, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, assuming I don't know, let's make some assumptions and, and say that maybe like a master of sun breathing is just much more dangerous than the other Hashira. Um, maybe Muzan's run into this before. That's like when he saw him originally, he sent demons specifically to kill Tanjiro. If Mm. we go back to season one, like that connects a lot of dots. Um, It also connects the dots of the Hinokami Kagura episode, like when Tanjiro has a flashback to his father saying, make sure the earrings get passed down to you. You know, like all of that is making a little more sense because it's somehow related to a breathing technique and we know breathing techniques are important now. Um, so that's all great. Um, but yeah, like angrily expositing with literally no provocation. Like Tanjiro mm. didn't even get to ask the question yet. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, you know, that was lazy and clum- or like you said, clumsy. You know, it doesn't feel because there's some other things in the episode later. I feel like we could have done less of like we could have mm. spent more time on a slightly more organic argument where Tanjiro at least asks the question. Yes. And, you know, like, and at least have it thrown back in his face. Yeah. Like, give us a little... Because the guy doesn't give us everything, right? Um, the next scene, you know, they, they come to blows and, you know, Tendro headbutts his ass. Um, Classic. I, I love that they pull, they use that twice in this episode. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was not clumsy. That was swift. No. Yes. Um, but, you know, they, they get in a little tussle and then we find the book. 
and it's like, oh, but there's no pages. So it's yeah. like, you know, not just stop no and pages, go. just like like aggressively ripped and scratched out. Not even ripped out, scratched out. That yeah. was some oddly like really sweet sakuga. Just it, like that, it, that still I, shot of the book. You're totally right. It looked cool. Like it was yeah. like written in flame kind of. It was very mm. neat. Um but yeah, like that could that whole lore drop could have done could have been handled better, but yeah, very happy for the lore itself. And should we then, hypothesize? Go ahead. No, what were you gonna say? Well, no, I, I guess we can stand on that because I guess it kind of all works together. So I'm I'm really really happy with how the character of Senjuro worked, like you know Rengoku's brother. Really good. Um, that easily could have been like a fuck you, like you know he was my brother, you know, like he, you know, like it could have been like a pissy little brother character, who, you know, cause they get into how he, he was never good enough. You know, like he yeah. got a sword. He can never even get the Nichiren sword to change colors like that. Yeah. Whole, they touch that and it's very, very poetic and beautiful and sad. And this guy just lost his brother. Like and he just lost his brother and he's showing all this compassion, you know, Tanjiro and you know, but like, like I said, that could have been a really annoying, like not great character. Uh, and there could have been like a grudge built. And you're totally just, right. And it was like, He's just like his brother. At the end of the day, he wasn't like this all-star Hashira, but he at heart he was his brother, and I think that's what matters. And they really yeah. hit that home, you know, as the episode progresses. Like I said, I'm, yeah. I was worried. Like, and I knew, I knew they were going to tee up the brother once you know the crows went out and they told him of his passing. And we knew about the brother from the movie from Mugen mm-hmm. Train itself. Mm-hmm. And it's always been on like the back of my mind of like, where like, oh, like I hope this doesn't turn into like you know, like an enemy character down the road or like resentment mm-hmm. kind of type character. And I, like I said, I'm just really happy the way it played out. I think it's more organic and natural to the show that he is, you know, who he is. That's a really good observation. I think like, I didn't even think about it because it worked well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we, yeah. we talk about these things in anime. Sometimes you only notice when they don't work well. Yeah. You know, exhibit A, see the ex- exposition dump earlier, but like <laughs> sometimes you don't notice when things are good. And yeah. the little brother was like, a character you haven't had a conversation with yet that within five minutes, maybe 10 at most it becomes yeah. relatable. You feel sorry for him. He, is he gets whole... a lot of, he gets a lot of really good screen time. Yeah. Um, yeah. and they develop him and you know, they may never even use him again. I, I think they might, but like he's back. He, he'll be even back if they sure. don't, that was good shit. Yeah. Um, I also like that he gives Tanjiro, uh, the sword guard. Well, do you think that will play any relevance down the road? Is it just like a good token or do you think she, like, does Tendro put it on his own sword? Like, does he just carry it with him? My guess is down the road, he, you know, because they've hit home the fact that, like, you know, he has the black, you know, the black sword, right? Like, you know, the mm-hmm. the mystery of it, you know, of not going anywhere, not becoming anything of note. Yeah, that's what Rengoku I, said. I think the combination of, like, if he continue, if Tanjiro continues to have, like, the black blade, I think the note of having the former Flame Hashiria's guard is just going to go... I think it's narrative. It's just going to go further for people. Mm. Like, I think it's just going to show like you know people saw stuff in him, regardless of what the blade is. Someone's like someone yeah. of note saw a lot in him. So mm-hmm. it could be a red herring, though. You know, it could be like I don't think it's like a magical item or anything like that. You know, where in some other shows that's the angle they would go with. I think it's just like a genuine token of gratitude and and caring from you know Sendro to to Tanjiro. True that. Yeah. I, I should also note just briefly like. Even though the pages are ripped out in that book, like Tendro does sort of like proclaim, like, I'm gonna, that's fine. I'm gonna get better at this. Oh, actually, not to cut you out, but Mm -hmm. Sendro is definitely gonna be back because he makes the proclamation of, like, it is now my life's goal to, like, restore this book. Yeah, okay. So So maybe Sendro will be back for sure. 
I hope this season. He was a good character. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah, okay, good point. Because, you know, we've only seen Tanjiro use the Hinokami stuff or the sun-breathing stuff, whatever we want to call it, three times total. And he takes, like, a big stamina hit every single mm-hmm. time. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'm glad that, like, this isn't just a dead end. Tanjiro's like, fuck it. I don't care. Fuck that book. I'm mm-hmm. going to get better anyway. You know, we got a little bit of info now. Let's see where this stuff goes. He's got a name now. You know, yeah, he's, he's got something to work with. Yeah, yeah, it points us in the uh, in the right direction. Uh, and then, you know, I, I will note, um, I feel like this smoothed out a little bit. Uh, the end of this, these scenes is when Sendro delivers uh, Kyojiro's final words to his dad. It's like, okay, like it is, you know, his whole like angry drunk act is pretty obvious. But I'm glad that like the show took the time to be like, okay, he stopped drinking for a sec. He finally succumbed to tears. Mm. like everybody mourns differently but like this guy's just a prick mm. <laughs> but like you know of course he's fucked yourself. up yeah. yeah of course that he's hit, fucked that up that inside. Uh, you know it doesn't like give him a pass for being an abusive prick but like mm-hmm. it, it is important i think to like just show that he is you know mourning and and all kinds of uh upset endeavor vibes Ooh, yes yeah big time flames uh, yeah <laughs> Um, and then, you know, we, like, change pace and we change, uh, what would you call it, like, tones? Because oh, Tanjiro's on the way home. jack up the comedy for, like, 20 minutes. Yeah, what is this guy? Haga, Haganezuka? I think wow, so, yeah. Did I nail that? I think you did. Um, it's the sword maker who we've seen two or th- three because Tanjiro keeps breaking his fucking swords. Um, a couple times now, um, and he's upset that Tanjiro broke yet, or lost yet another sword uh this time and so there's like a solid five minute bit of him just chasing tanjiro around um and we don't even see him like be like all right all right i'll get you a new sword we just sort of see like his friends rescue him yeah they didn't they need that was it was nice to see like they know what what corners to cut they had the comedy scene of like yes he lost another sword but then like he just has another one like you know in a few minutes it would lose heat if we had a five to eight minute like sword presentation scene every time tanjiro broke one of these motherfuckers mm. um because just the, the way he's like, going through them the scene of the sword maker just like after like he's calmed down he's i think he's eating or drinking yeah like, yeah, yeah we, we know what his favorite thing is like he's good now he's just like, him, like, calm. like kind of rice ball or beet oh or something i can't remember yeah, what it was remember. but yeah um and then i i didn't see it coming which seems silly because i should have um but we get a we get a time skip we get a four month training montage i didn't i actually didn't expect that it makes so much sense because like you don't well i'm not i'm not chilling in the butterfly mansion while tenjiro heals because if you remember we did that like yeah the last five episodes of season one was that shit Mm -hmm. um so i'm glad that they do that I thought the animation. I don't know if they were like leaning into comedy. I think it was comedy. Them rip walking how, around with like twelve packs. Yeah, and how ripped they yeah. were. Was that like yeah. a like haha? Think, they're jacked, haha, kind of thing. I think that was a bit. Okay, it felt like a yeah. bit. It was like a training montage. You know, four months have passed, but also like they just instilling like over amounts of comedy, like. You know, like this. This is moments where we get Zenitsu is like dialed up, and Osuke is dialed up, and it's like. Yeah, they're just like going through the motions at this point. It, it, it felt like not, I don't even know the right word for it. It was like, it was just kind of like reminding everyone like who everyone is a little bit. This is kind of what I was talking about before. They didn't blatantly do it up top. They kind of just petered mm-hmm. in slowly through the montage, which I think was smart. Because if they did it elsewhere, it would have wasted like good screen time. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, okay, so we do that. And then there's like a little bit of like narration on top of all this stuff happening. Mm. They mentioned that Zenitsu does solo missions. 
and he like stop doesn't even whine about it yeah that's he's like so proud. he's proud of his friend the, the the ironic part is like that's like the most character growth Xanatu's had in a season and a movie and it's just said in one throwaway line yeah it's so fitting but, but like i'll take it they do like they show a quick moment of him being like can i have a lock of nezuko's hair <laughs> whatever i i actually think that was the right call because i don't think you want to exhaust the audience with his like gripes and his yeah. cr- you know what i mean you want to use him effectively and mm-hmm. i think like one of the few nitpicks we had from season one or at least i had was like they didn't always use him effectively like he was a little bit grating at times i don't and know I, I think yeah i think that's where we landed last time was i'm i kind of get it like i think it's funny like i it is it is tiring and it is hard to listen to but it's when when they it's like bakugo you know from, from mm-hmm. my hero it's yep. like when when it, it's when it's used like you know when he takes it to that vocal range it i i think they nail exactly what the character is going for like every time like i know it is graining and i know people dislike it but to me it's like it is the character and he would act that way so like yeah you know but pacing at the same is everything time, pacing is everything and they know when to use it and when mm-hmm. they don't like we've got a whole first season that we don't need to do that all over again yes but it's also hey guys it's zenitsu so like we throw that in it's i don't know it's it, it, it works for me like i said same i know page. it's grading but yeah same page i just yeah i want them to use them effectively um i don't have a ton written down for this other than like tenjiro it feels like i'm not sure i'm almost not sure why they included this unless it's just to remind us that like tanjiro and specifically nezuko have come a long way because there's a five minute mission of mm. him killing a mountain demon maybe six if that if, if that, that. Like, it's really fun. It was really fun to see the choreography between Nezuko and Tenjiro, like, working adeptly as a team. I think it reminds mm. us, like, the audience, like, you know, towards the end of season one, they were, like, figuring out their rhythm. In season two, she's, like, or uh, the movie, rather, she, like, independently protects, like, several cars, cars on the train. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it's just, like, a they're, like, a proper duo. This and also, yeah, like I don't they, know. This just seemed like they wanted to show off some budget. Genuinely, because yeah, it looked I think great. It, was to rem- it looked it looked great, and they. I I think, I think a small part of it was to show not how menacing Tanjiro has become, but just how capable Solo he is. Because you know we yeah. spent all of season one, he was always rolling with the group, and I think this was you know we've had moments with him Solo like clearly he you know he fights mm-hmm. the, uh, um, lower one mm-hmm. or low, yeah lower one you know in, in Mugen Train, mm-hmm. you know and then Akaza like he's kind of involved with Akaza for a moment, but mm-hmm. um. No, I think this is just kind of like he's the he's the MC. Let's get him in there. Or we Let's we can't have a off. we can't have a season opener without him doing a sword move. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's but yeah. like it was fun. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it was needed though. You know, it's like you okay. said, it's a, it's the season opener. They or this the main arc opener. So they had to do something like this. Yeah. All right. Now let me read this and we can dissect the ending. Sure. Uh, Tanjiro and Nezuko return to the Butterfly Mansion where the sound Hashira, Tenjin Uzui, or Tengen Uzui, Tenjin Uzui, uh, is found to be kidnapping female corp members for a mission. Tenjiro convinces him to let him and his crew join in their place, and they set off for the entertainment district. This takes like a solid 10 minutes and is weird. It's I'll so weird. It. It's weird. Uh, it's so weird. Like I, I don't get it. I wish this was not. I really. This was clumsier believe. than the exposition to me. I actually cannot believe this is how they introduced this character. Like, if this is straight out of the manga, like, it is what it is. But I was like, what is going on here? It, it's possible that it just didn't translate. Like, it, or, like, maybe it's, like, a like it, parts of it is comedic. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the, the first 30 or 40 seconds is pretty promising. They're, like, they start 
teaming up on uh, Tenjin, uh, like you know the girls do, and like the Key comedy coin flip. Too. Yeah, like all yeah. that comedy works, but then it's like he's not explaining himself. They're not explaining themselves. Like I find the uh, this is another animeism that is pretty prevalent. Is just like the young female character who's mm. like very whiny, like help help. You know, that kind of stuff. There's a lot of that throughout this whole thing. The butt slap is weird. Dave, I want to say, and I, I really wish I wrote down the Reddit user's name. I One of the <laughs> funniest fucking things I read in a long time was, it was Tell the me. top post in the episode. It was just, was that slap legal? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I watched the episode and it went right in. I just burst out laughing. It was I, just, I saw one it's so weird. comment. That was highly upvoted that said, really glad that butt slap was in the episode. Otherwise, I don't know if any of this would have worked narratively. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, you know, I saw a a comment reply that said, like, it's a cultural thing. It's meant as like a, you know. I had read that, yeah. I, I read that too. And, you know, if that is what it is, fine. Like, to, like, to be clear, that butt slap, I, I saw it, like, it went kind of viral and, like, it's been memed a little bit. Yeah. That isn't, like, the weirdest part for me. Like, the, the weird part is that, like, this is how the arc is set up. Like, the weird part is, like, that five to ten minutes is just, like, weird comedy that, like, hits and misses. Because he decides he wants to take these girls, but he doesn't say why. Mm. And, and Tanger, you know what I mean? Like, all of it is weird. It's just weird and clumsy. The funny, there was a funny part where Tanger went in for the headbutt. And missed, yeah. And Tanger is like, that's so obvious. Why would you do that? What an unflashy thing of you to do. The flashy stuff was funny to me, like, generally speaking. Well, Leanna pointed out to me, she goes, she goes, last season he was saying... Flamboyant. Flamboyant. Now he's saying flashy and unflashy, mm-hmm. or flamboyant, unflamboyant. He says flamboyant at one point. It's a lot about style. Style. And, and like, you know, you get, look at him, you know. And, you know, and you get the whole, like, um, you know, I'm a former shinobi, da-da-da, so unflashy of me. Like, some, like, some of it, like, little parts of it worked, and it's interesting. It's I, I am looking forward to get to know this character, because... He's got a sick look to him, you know. Like he's, he's got a sick look. They have clearly demonstrated that they know how to make people look cool and make them yes. interesting, and mm-hmm. you know, they, they can do a lot um, with new characters. So I'm sure that will come around. It, it was just the way our boys get teamed up with this guy was weird. Does that make sense? Very weird. The you know, it's funny because we're, we're jumping ahead because you know we get the new theme. Um, you know, shortly after this, and it kind of tees up like the entertainment district stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. This isn't a spoiler because it's, it's you know it's going to be in like the the opener like every week. You know, yeah. Do going you think forward. that ending thing was that the new op? That I think I'm guessing because it seemed very cinematic and yeah. Like, okay, that's what you I know, thought. It seemed like an op to me, and I think I had heard that song. They released that a couple weeks ago. Okay. Okay. Um, and they have Zenitsu dressed up, done up like a like a girl. Yes. So my guess is the whole reason for him being there, Tengen, was you know to get girls because I'm clear like it's a red light district. That's what they're going for. I think he's mm-hmm. using them as bait. Mm-hmm. I think the goof for the rest of the season is Zenitsu is going to be the chosen one to be a girl. <laughs> and the funny thing is, everyone thinks you know Nosuke is the pretty one. Yeah, that is funny. So that's, that, that's all they have be, to I do think, is take yeah. his helmet off, and he would have been perfect. <laughs> so I think that's I think that's going to be a gag. Like at one point, the you know the helmet's going to come off, and Tengen's going to be like, "What? Like, yeah. why didn't you do that earlier?" Yeah. Like, so I don't know. I'm, Did you yeah. find that ending sequence slash new OP like maybe gave out slightly too much? Slightly too much. I I kind of looked away. Yeah. I was, I, I've I've read a lot about people saying that like in japan that's like they don't really look at it that way they're more like a 
like they look at it as a heavy promo yeah or or just like look how great all this is gonna be kind of thing Mm. and like out here we're like no like like everyone you know not just anime related like everything related is like hyper spoiler sensitive everyone's like oh my god don't spoil anything whatsoever and maybe it's a cultural difference i I don't know i might be reaching but i've read that comment before i'm not saying that's fact but i've read that comment several several times well i think you know and this is gonna kind of like fly in the face of what you and i are doing each week in this little project of ours but like I find a lot of Western culture, there's a lot of emphasis on being able to talk, you know, talk about what you had just seen and speculate on the future and not having glimpses in what's to come. Yeah. You know, there's, whether it's podcasting or, you know, week to week reviews on, you know, various websites. Very exploratory. That's why there's like, yeah, you know, Talking Dead and all those shows, shit like that. Exactly. You know, people don't want to, people don't want to look into, you know, they don't want to, you know, see ahead. They just want to like moment to moment. And like you know, as a viewer, I much much prefer that. You know, it's it's so funny because everyone says the one the one I always think to is Jujutsu Kaisen, where the for, that first OP, the first half of the the season, people say, "Oh my God, major spoilers!" Like you know, that, yeah, that one forward. And by looking at it, I wouldn't have guessed. I would I really wouldn't know. Me, but yeah, I had the same this experience. is clearly like everything wrapped up in season two. Yeah, so. it's like. Like, you know, we're not even anywhere near the entertainment district, and we know that we're going to probably fight another upper moon. We, You know what I mean? Like, we know all this stuff, and it's like, well, shit. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I may have wanted to find that out in the moment, um, but yeah, whatever. Um, so I'm happy that, you know, just to reiterate what we said at the beginning, I'm happy they chose to do a double episode, because mm-hmm. next week we're in the entertainment district. Yeah, they teed like, up everything. We're there. Yeah, we're, we're in it, yeah. We they've kind of wrapped everything in a bow. Beginning has uh is is done, and now it's just like all new shit, and I'm really stoked. It's it's a, it was a really fun, you know. Like I know this isn't the first anime to do it, but you know a lot of the time you see is, you know, um, you know you get a season one, and then the episode. Like I, the example I get is ReZero. You know, the first season was out, and then mm. there was like a almost like a I think like a forty minute. Ep- you know, episode kind of recapping everything before and prepping you for mm-hmm. the episode to come. And there's a couple of new things thrown in or whatever. Mm-hmm. This was like, you know, let's focus forward on the story and we'll take moments to look back on what happened, but like we're not focusing too much on it. So, like, it continues, like, everything is progressing forward, which I like. I'm all about that. I hate when it gets stagnant and gets stuck in like saying the same thing over and over and over, like being, you know, like a bottle episode kind of thing. It just never works for anime. Like it very rarely works for anime, I find. So it's, this is this is really promising going forward. I think we're in for an awesome season. <laughs> like, Me too, man. I'm really I'm I'm glad that we're back. Um, you know, so if you guys have uh, not listened to our weekly coverage before, we won't blame you because we've been covering movies and just doing the post show for a little bit. Um, I think we can probably leave it here, right, Grant? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So um how this works is we'll probably have weekly episodes on wednesdays for uh demon slayer you know don't hold us to that in case anything changes the holidays are coming but it's our intention to do that um and then on fridays we typically release the post show um who knows you know things might get a little wonky in january with attack on titan season four part two dropping because that's how this podcast started so we'll definitely be covering that um but for you know the short and midterm future demon slayer weekly on wednesdays tune in and then check out the post show on fridays um post show we just cover literally everything else we're watching like other animes movies everything um like follow comment subscribe do the appropriate social media action on the appropriate social media platform 
I think that's about it. Is that about it? I think that is about it. Okay. Thank you, guys. Bye, guys. Cheers.